Hello there in podcast land, and welcome back to Spoilers, a bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network, where hosts have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, we give you our insight into the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host, Adam, I'm joined by Cowboy. I may not be a ball cap, but I love being on top. Oh, and Maestro. I'm a hard-boiled detective that doesn't know what he's doing. All right, that seems fitting here. Uh, this week, we're continuing our quarantine block of episodes to help us through these tough times. As you know, movies are not being released, so the usual method of choosing movies has also been quarantined. Uh, so we're going through movies that we like, that you should also like, uh, that maybe did not get a good reception or flew under the radar, and we're exposing them to you, because that's what we like to do, expose ourselves. Uh, expose- and just like, Ricky, just like Ricky Bobby says in Talladega Nights, if you don't like these movies, fuck you. Right. <laughs> Right, so we did, uh, we did Cowboys, Dr. Horrible, we did Maestro's Count of Monte Cristo, and now it's my turn. I am choosing 2005's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. This was directed by Shane Black. It stars Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer, Michelle Monaghan, and Corbin Benz- Burnson. Corbin Burnson, ah, oh, the father of psych. All right, uh, let's do a synopsis, then we'll get into our thoughts of the movie. It's a murder mystery. A murder mystery brings together a private eye, a struggling actress, and a thief masquerading as an actor. All right. Have you seen this movie before? Maestro. No, this is my first time, actually. Is that right? Yep. Wow. That's what? What? If, if you feel like back in uh, it was shortly after <laughs> high school when this movie came out, it, it was a big thing in, in our group, I thought, that we all kind of saw it and were like, this is amazing. But Notice how I didn't say anything about it? You missed that, huh? Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right, Cowboy. Have you seen this before? Oh me, um, yeah, I saw it earlier today. As mm. before now, right? Right before before the viewing for the podcast. Yes. Oh uh, no, no. Okay. No. Uh, no. No. All right. Uh, this I, I saw. It had to have been within maybe two years of it coming out. Probably as soon as it hit Blockbuster is when I was watching it. Well, since this was your movie, tell us. Uh, what you thought of it? I love this movie. It's fantastic. It's it's a great it's a great storytelling device. It's very it breaks the fourth wall. Uh, it, it doesn't take itself seriously. It's poking fun at itself. It's kind of um, it's it's a movie for people that I think maybe appreciates how movies are made uh, and just how are they're put together. And it kind of flies in the face of this is not a conventional movie. This is we're doing a movie this way because we want to do it and it's fun and uh, I know it hasn't been done but you're going to enjoy it and I it was almost done in the way of Princess Bride okay that's a good point somebody telling you a story and then it skips to the actual and then the narrator kicks in every once in a while but uh, as I was telling Maestro um, before the show um, I Want to like this movie? Uh-oh. Uh oh. I did like the movie. I need to watch it again. Okay. Because I felt like I was forced to watch the movie. Oh. Um. Well, you were. Yeah, for the show. <laughs> no. Well, not by you. No, but like I had a set time set aside for my movie watching abilities, and that time got interrupted by unforeseen circumstances. And so then I felt pressured to get it in (laughs) for tonight. So um, I had to spread things apart Mm. 
uh, to fit it in. And I had to take a break in between because there was more important things that needed to get done. So I couldn't really just sit down and dive in the plate and see it all. Okay. So I, 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 a lot of it was like, oh, oh man, did I, I, I couldn't follow because my mind wasn't there. Understood. Uh, the, the plot, the storyline does kind of take a lot of twists and turns along the way. But what, what made it the, fu- the fun for me was the, the way Robert Downey Jr. was uh, narrating and acting and Val Kilmer and the, the way that they interacted with each other. It was just it was it was very fun. Uh, and it's it's Robert Downey being is Robert Downeyist. It's, it's very it's like when you picture him, this is what you picture. This is like I, I picture him being like this kind of in real life almost. Um, many times throughout the movie, um, I was like Iron Man, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. his demeanor, his, his snappy, witty little comebacks and stuff like that. And the way he was talking, the tempo of the way he was talking and stuff like that. It was like, okay, this is uh, Iron Man. Yeah. I, 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 I was, like, oh, go ahead. I like how in like most of his films, you catch him every now and then cross-legged on a table. What? <laughs> Have you noticed that? In Iron Man, he did that. Avengers, he did that. And I think also... Well, I don't think he did in Iron Man, but he did in several of his movies. And in this one, at the very beginning, when he's at the the party, yeah. after he gets beat up. Yeah. Yeah, he's sitting on the table, cross-legged, talking to, I think, Val's, Val's character, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Gay, gay Perry? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's, like, synonymous with everything he does. Is like, you can see his, like his own little quirks because he's not just standing. He's always in a, doing some sort of cross leg on a table or sitting on a table with someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. He does have a very commanding presence. When he's there, you, you notice him and you, you just kind of gravitate towards him because he's just, he's a, he's a, he's a sight to behold, uh, whether it's what he's saying just, or the way he's moving around. It's like so, every, everything ooh. he does is, uh, entertaining and interesting. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a good guy. That's how you feel. I mean, like, I'm not anyone to get in your way, buddy. Yeah, okay, yeah. Go ahead. I also like the, because the whole breaking of the fourth wall thing reminds me a lot of Deadpool, which I, I enjoy. Where mm. Deadpool is, he knows he's in a movie, and Robert Downey knows he's in a movie. So to, to me, what, what this is, is this all happened in real life, and he's now making a movie about it, and that's why he's narrating it type of thing. That's, that's, that's the vibe that I got at, at the very end when he's even there talking and Gay Perry's there. Uh, and like I'm, I'm letting, filling it in for them. Like, okay, so he's because he's also wanting to be an actor. This is his way of getting into the movies with this real life mm-hmm. story that happened to him. Mm-hmm. Right. That's my thoughts. Uh, let's see. I got a bunch of notes. Uh, these are all mostly just. Oh, remember that scene? That was good. <laughs> uh, anything you want to talk about about the movie, Maestro? Me? Well, majority of the movie. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh god. Uh, majority of. The- oh, sorry. Do I have to do that again? That's no, fine. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of these things, these parts in the film that I uh, know that if I watched it when it first came out, it wouldn't would have been like pretty funny, more funny than it is today, because there's a lot of films now that do some similar sticks. Oh, okay. So for me, this is not as like eye catching as I would say um, it would have been in my first if I watched it when you guys did for the first time. Okay. So it's, you, you've seen it done already, so this time it's not fresh. It's just, oh, it's that it, guy. It's basically Simpsons did it to me kind of stuff. Right, okay. Yeah. 
All right, that, 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 that makes sense, I guess. Uh, but I guess because I already had that memory at the time, I was able to watch it again and remember, oh, yeah, I remember how funny this was when I watched it. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so I haven't here written the, the way he's narrating, where he's basically talking down to the audience even at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, that, very, very fun. Uh, great old Harold the Great. Oh, I just starts. Good. I just, I just say Deadpool did it because it's basically everything he's done done already. Right. Yeah, and then when he's narrating like the backstory, he keeps like, "Oh shit, I forgot this one scene. Let's go back." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was fun. And then he's yelling at the old people standing in the way of the sign. Yeah, and then they they hear him like, "Oh, they <laughs> oopsie." Yeah, moving around. Uh, let's see. Uh, so the storyline basically, he is. We, we start off at the very beginning where it's him as a young boy, and they don't explain that until later, right? Which, which is also a very fun thing. Like, oh, I, I, now you should probably know by now what's happening here. There was clues. I mean, come on, guys. And then he goes back and he shows the clues, and uh, it's 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 fun. It, it's so basically he's now fawning over his high school crush or y- younger person, junior high, elementary crush for his entire life. Question for you. Yeah. You had that crush in high school, Harmony, mm-hmm. and you know she's screwed every single guy in high school, even now your best friend. You still pining for her? That's that's a weird one. Uh, I don't I, – I couldn't see myself pining over somebody like that. Uh, but my, my crush I, – I can't imagine my crush being somebody that was sleeping around at the entire school. I, I can't imagine myself wanting to be, oh – Unless there's also there's still that superhero mentality thing that I have where I can I can save her, Man, then that's that's a possibility. That's a sickness that I have though. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you about, sound as sick as Harry. Right? <laughs> so you you would not you would not be pining over this woman. Um, I mean, come on, it's harmony. I don't know if I'd be pining over her to save her, like, but. Hell, if everybody else is dinner, I want to be a doorknob and take a turn. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think maybe when she was in high school, because we didn't get a lot about her her high school years. You saw her when she was a kid saying, I'm going to be an actress, you know. Right. And then you see her as an adult. So you don't get a lot of her backstory as a teenager, but you do get a backstory of her sister being abused by her dad. Yeah. So how much was that affecting her? Um, now that may have been how she was in high school, mm-hmm. but maybe not how she was as an adult. Hmm. I I did see little glimpses of her as an adult that would make me understand why he was drawn to her. They, she she seems a very fun personality. The, the way they were, they were joking in the bar about the uh, the celebrities uh, that's the uh, Indian Billy Bob Thornton or the. Uh, Oh no! Is it whatever? All the little like the, the joking around that they had, the fun that they had together. That's like that seems like fun. I, that, so that was it. Nice. The, the the Native American Joe Pesci. That's what it was. Yeah, Native American Joe <laughs> Pesci. And then uh, I think it was old Steven Seagal or balding Steven Seagal or something. I wonder how some of these celebrities <laughs> thought about this movie in 2005 because he made sly underhand comments about many celebrities, uh, even poking fun at many of them. Um, what was her name from, uh, shoot, uh, Charlie's Angels, The Mask. Um, why can't I remember Cameron her name? Diaz. Is right on t- Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz, yeah. yes. <laughs> he made fun of her. You know, I was like, yeah. 
how did they take this movie? Did they laugh at those parts and go, you son of a bitch? I feel like they would have to laugh because this movie poked fun at a lot of Hollywood things. Uh, just the, the, the way they make movies in general, they're even poking fun at. Um, and, and just the whole scene and everything. Uh, and and, and the, the the gay stuff as well. They were like poking fun at uh, on both sides, uh, making fun of Perry for being gay, and then Perry making fun of everybody else for being homophobic. It was it was a lot. It was everybody. Everybody took a shot here. It was funny because a lot. Well, no, I mean it's two thousand five, mm-hmm. and the word gay and faggot and and all that was thrown around a lot, but. A lot of it was thrown around by Gay Perry, right. who is a faggot, yeah. gay, whatever, who didn't care. You yeah. know, he was calling people out yeah. left and right. Oh, he's gay. He just doesn't know it. Yeah, Look at the way he walks. <laughs> How tall do you think he is? Six four. <laughs> yeah, he was great. I I, I love Bill Comer in this role. Uh, oh, he did a great job. Yeah, because it, 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 it was. I think being gay wasn't like fully okay yet. I think in two thousand five. I think it was still like scrutinized and it was like kind of like, a, oh, uh, I don't know. I graduated in, in 97 from okay. high school. And the year after I graduated, they had a, a gay and lesbian club the year after I graduated. Oh, really? So I, th- I think towards the end of the 80 or sorry, towards the end of the 90s uh, after I graduated is when it started to become more acceptable or at least you had more support groups for it. Okay, maybe, maybe you know be, that maybe that was just my sheltered upbringing. That I think the, the high school was the first time I I met somebody that was gay. And uh, I mean, just because you're still a bigot and you don't like gays, <laughs> it's it's cool, man. How I dare mean, you? One of my best friends. You can is blame gay. it. You can blame it on religion all you want. Yeah. You know, I have plenty of gay friends. Most of them are on this podcast right now. Uh, hey, I'm not gay, <laughs> but my boyfriend is. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Someone call me? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I looked up your name in Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, but okay, so when I was growing up, I guess in high school, the the uh, the whole being gay wasn't, I think, fully accepted. In, what, is that how you recall it, Maestro, back in, uh, in the high school days? Um, those, those, no, it was pretty acceptable. Those just, it was like maybe one or two guys at the school, I think, that I, I know for sure were gay. And they, it wasn't like everybody was on board with them, but they also weren't like hating on them. It was just kind of like a, oh, that's a interesting thing. Well, I mean, if you if you take a look at Val Kilmer's character, Gay Perry, um, he was a very manly gay guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't like flamboyant. You know, yeah, la la gay. You know, I mean, even even he made jokes about not being gay. And like liking to eat pussy, and he's like, well, "Why do you still call yourself gay, Perry?" Oh, I like it. It's, it. It sounds good. Yeah, I liked it. I yeah. No, it, it you know? the, the line was like, uh, "Are you still gay?" Oh, are you kidding? No, I'm up to my elbows and pussy. I'm like, why are you still called gay, Perry? I just, I, I, just, I just like the name, <laughs> and I can't shake it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> yeah, I shot him with my gun that I keep by my crotch yeah. next to my balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At a certain point where uh, he has the gun in his – from his own where he pulls it out and he shoots a guy with it. And Robert Downey Jr. is like, oh, thank God there was a gun down there. I thought it was some sort of gay superpower thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a gay gun. Like, <laughs> just get two shots off you throw it out. Yeah. 
Uh, Find a new gun. Just two shots? Yeah. Just, yeah, <laughs> That's just, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep, good for a few shots, and you fi- got to find something better. That's the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay, uh, I want to yes. talk about uh, Robert Downey Jr. And, and the way his whole character is. When we, when we first meet him, he's robbing a toy store, basically. Uh, and he's for his kid, which we, I think he talked to twice during this entire movie. So yeah, he, he disappears after a while. Yeah, so he, so he's he is a father, a, a bad father, uh, it seems, uh, a thief, uh, and also a bad thief, <laughs> and then also now an actor. Which, uh, uh, it was he he was he was doing good at acting accidentally. Uh, that's how he got his his role. Uh, but he still seems like a nice guy. That that that, that was the kind of thing that I, I was I found interesting that uh, the scene where. He gets the girl back to his room, and she's kind of passed out. And uh, there's a spider crawling on her chest, and it goes into her bra, and he's trying to flick it out to get the spider out of there. And she wakes up. Oh, you just grabbed my boob. <laughs> like, no, I didn't. There was a spider. And she's like, ah, it's fine. Who cares? And he got upset by that. Like, what do you mean? It, you just, if, you, if you think I grabbed your boob and your reaction is, it happens, that's not the appropriate reaction to have. So he was very much defending her as a – as as a woman, as like you shouldn't be letting guys do that to you. What is wrong with you? Uh, so it, there's a very good, I think, moral compass there underneath. Even though he's a thief and a bad dad and bad, I things. took that differently. Oh, I took that as he knew that she slept with everybody in high school, and this is the type of person she is, and he was trying to tell her that's not how you should be. Okay, so he's doing the Captain Savaho thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, that would be my that would be my reaction as well. I think, <laughs> but that's also the role I'll be playing. The uh, I got to save everybody. Yeah, whatever. Uh, let's see. So, uh, so now we have Robert Downey Jr. He's, he's an actor now because he stumbled into an acting audition while he was running from the cops, uh, and uh, he was terrified. And that red in the scene he was quote unquote acting in, they hired him. And now he's going to be a detective. And this is where Gay Perry comes in, where Gay Perry is going to give him detective school, basically, to get him ready for the role. And that's how everything gets started. On a simple routine tailing, uh, they're trying to get video evidence of something uh, from a client that they were hired. And a car flies off into the bridge, or uh, into the water, and... They find out there's a dead body in there, and there's other guys kind of there. But uh, like, doesn't he shoot the try to open the thing and find out that uh, they shot the body? Yeah, yeah. He he realizes once the car is sinking. Oh, I think there might be a body in the back of the in the trunk. So he dives into water to get it. He fires the gun to break the lock of the trunk, uh, and one of those bullets happened to find his, its way into the head of the victim, uh, which was already dead by the way. So he didn't kill him. I do got to say though, Gay Perry seems way way too okay with oh there's another body we gotta dispose of it it seems like a not not not, not, not a natural reaction just me oh all right so i would say the not natural reaction is harry's reaction to it how so? like he's okay with going along with everything you know i mean this i mean yeah he he steals toys and he's a thief you know, mm-hmm. he burglarizes things. But Gay Perry is like the bodyguard, private investigator, sleuth guy. You know, this is what he does. 
you know, he protects and, and does these things. So he's probably, I mean, you, you got to imagine he's probably used to seeing shit like this, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, at some point in the movie thought that he was involved in all the Dexter stuff. Oh, okay. And he had the same thought. She was asking, is he the bad guy? And I, I, I told her, I, I'm not sure. It's been a long time since I watched the movie. Yeah. I actually thought he was like part into it, you know? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see that, but since Annie saw it, I guess there was things there to grab onto. I just, I think I was just too in love with him as a, as a character. I think it was just a suspicion. Okay. Uh, let's see. So uh, the body that they found, they end up putting it in a... No, it shows up again back in uh, Robert Downey's uh, hotel or his his room. Yeah, at the Standard. And it's in the bathtub and he, he's, he sees it while he's peeing and he freaks out and he pees on it a little bit, uh, which was... <laughs> that, that was a little uh, over the top for me, I think. But still kind of... What would you do if, you, if you're, you're peeing? You look over and there's a dead body. What's do you look at it? Do you well? And what level of dead are we talking here? Are we talking about like decaying, smelling? I can't believe I missed it. Kind of the dead body, or are we talking about oh, just freshly dead? Didn't notice it. Thought he was just passing out. Kind of dead. No, well, the, the dead that we saw. It, it, it looked also not just the dead that we saw, but knowing I I know that dead body. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dead body that we left at a crime scene in a river or in a lake, and now it's here. So, first of all, dead body. Second of all, I know that dead body. How 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 would you react to that? And 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 you can take from the time frame from which he left that dead body on the side of the road somewhere, or they, no. they took the dead body from the lake, right? No. So they know the body. Hold on. Originally, they took the body from the lake. No, originally, right? they, they left the body at the lake. Okay. But that just happened earlier in the evening. Yes. So the body hadn't been dead that long. So you can't say, oh, is it a decaying body? No, it was recently dead. Yeah, but it does have some bruising. It has some um, uh, hematoma on the sides. Uh, but no legs. underwear. It, right, and no underwear. Yeah. Which, uh, at the time, I didn't think anything of, but then it comes back later. Uh, to be uh, a weird clue, which I would not have put together, but I'm also not a detective or a botanist, so I guess that, that makes sense. That's word again. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so they find the body, and now, and and this this is the part that that I it was weird for me. Not not the not the fact that Gay Perry would be comfortable around a dead body, but he's comfortable with disposing of dead bodies. That's that's the part that I found weird for Gay Perry. I understand in your line of work, you're going to see dead bodies, so it's not going to freak you out. But the reaction of up. Oh, Another dead body. Get a rug. We're gonna go do this. <laughs> this is how we're gonna dispose of it and make everything okay. That was a little odd for a detective. Uh, but yeah, so so they they do, they wrap it in a rug. They're gonna go try to dispose of it, and then the cops show up, and Gay Perry starts kissing uh, Robert Downey uh, or Harry to as to to make the cops not think. Oh, they, they might have a body over there. And, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. is kind of freaking out. I, I can't tell whether he's homophobic or just doesn't understand or just is freaked out by everything. Okay. So the bad guys are now trying to intimidate Harry. Oh, no, wait. First, first we get to the point where 
uh, he gets screwed over by Gay Perry. So uh, it, to me, it seems like they have this kind of little friendship blossoming, or maybe not not so much friendship as they're going through a traumatic experience together. So there's a connection, like a partnership, like a partner for like a duo for cops, right? Yeah, and when you go through traumatic experiences with somebody, that the connections get made one way or another. That's in the pants. <laughs> do, you, do you get the vibe that Gay Perry's into Harry at all? No, I didn't. No. I mean, it honestly, just felt like. Uh, I mean, it didn't feel like it at all. I mean, it just felt like he was just like being like he's a he was a he felt like a super sleuth, but he also felt like he was. Ah, I I didn't get that vibe. No, all I got was uh. Well, then again, I don't have any real radar anyways like that, so it doesn't really matter. To me. Okay, yeah, I I didn't see it either. I just was wondering uh, since I was. I felt like um, he was trying to protect the idiot, the village idiot. Okay, <laughs> from himself. See, that makes more sense to me. Okay. But I, I felt like I did see some sort of friendship kind of coming to be. Uh, not just the, this is my job to train you, but we're going through stuff. And I, I felt some connections there as far as actual friendship. Harry even thought they were becoming friends. Yeah. There was a, a scene where he's like, I thought we were friends. He's like, no. No, we're not. Right. And and that's the scene that I was we're getting to here is we find out that uh, Gay Perry told uh, Harmony. Was it Harmony? Yeah, told Harmony that he's not a real detective. He was lying to you. So now she's pissed at him, uh, which leads to him getting his finger cut off <laughs> by Harmony. Uh, Did you guys pause this movie at all? Pause it. Yeah. Yeah. Several times. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Harmony's nipple. Oh. <laughs> Both times. <laughs> Was Har- I don't think Harmony was the first one, though. Who was the first one? No, no, one? no, 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 no. But Harmony's nipple paused on that, where he, he even mentioned, he's like, I'm a nipple, I mean, yeah. private investigator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, Maybe I should have told her about her nipple, but I just, I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I was watching this with Annie, so that's not an appropriate pause timing uh, <laughs> for me. What? <laughs> I did have so to- you're watching it again later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did have to pause a couple times to... Uh, explain a little bit of what's going on because uh, Annie was uh, lost at points uh, and also wasn't hearing all the names properly. So I'm like, who's that guy? Who's this guy now? I'm like, all right, here's, here's what's happening. Uh, but she, she did enjoy it. And I actually, it, it's, I think she, I don't know if, how much she actually enjoyed it versus when we put it on, I told her, this is a great movie. If you don't like it, we have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, and then by the end, she's like, no, I did like it. So we don't have to talk. I'm like, okay, good. so yeah so harry gets his finger cut off because he goes to try to apologize to harmony and she's so pissed that she slams the door on his hand finger goes off uh they go sew it on oh boy (laughs) i I feel like i'm just explaining the movie to you guys (laughs) you guys you guys did see it right So, okay, what's a part of the movie that you guys enjoyed that you want to talk about? I mean, for me, I liked the way that the beginning started because he was like, I, I like the fact that like he got himself into the situation by accident. I like the fact that um, he was just the average guy. I mean, honestly, most of the stuff that he was doing, like the robbing, the everything, it seems to me is like he was just the guy just trying to make his way through. 
and he was given options and he just took them because they were they seemed like the right thing not the right thing to do but the easiest thing to do okay. and i think that that's what majority of what most people actually do in situations like this i mean think you think of it this way you're in a dead end job you need to make money you got a kid and he's you don't want to don't want to uh um make his christmas really bad so you try to do what you can for him but you can't afford any toys so what do you do Oh, your friend's about to hide, about to rob a store. It says it's foolproof, and you don't need to do much. Oh, okay. Seems like the great idea to do because I can't do anything else. Might as well, right? Mm-hmm. Oh crap! He got shot. I got to run. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he got shot too, actually. The 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 thing is, is he was the one who wanted to rob the store, and he got his friend killed because his friend said he wasn't doing anything. So he's like, "Hey, come with me. Do this." The the thing, everything. In his life comes to flourishing at the end when he explains to Harmony that his issue is himself. He's never finished anything in his life. He's he's started so many things throughout his whole life, but has never finished anything. Yeah, because he gets scared. He's never followed through with anything. Yeah, he gets scared. Yeah. And he just doesn't follow through. So, I mean, I, I, I get where you can pick up on, you know, the, the, the type of personality – that way but in all reality he's knows his own defect is he gets scared and he never finishes anything that's why he never finished anything with harmony mm-hmm. that's why he never pursued it he would get to a point where dude you got you can jump in her pants right now and she wouldn't care she wouldn't mind but he <laughs> oh no you know nope okay like you can grab her boob she said it was okay to grab her boob but you're now you're making a well it was a spider. Well, no, it's okay. You can grab my boob. So he could have grabbed her boob again, you know, it's like, but yeah. he, he couldn't finish it, you know? And, uh, even when he had her naked in bed, laying next to her, he couldn't finish it. He found a way to get out of it. Okay. You know, hold on. Is, is that a legitimate reason though? I feel like that. He, I, I, I can't decide whether or not I am on his side about that part of it. Because well, the whole thing not was sleeping with her that night because she he found out that she slept with his best friend in high school. Yes, that part. No, of it. I, I I understand that, but it's just an example of him not finishing anything. Yeah, but that's understandable. Because at the yeah, exactly. But at the end, that became his excuse. That was his way out. He always finds a way out of finishing stuff. He he explained that I've always lived my life finding a way out of finishing things. Yeah, and, and, and I, I do believe that's true for everything else in his life. But for this one instance, I feel like this is a good out. <laughs> this is Hold a good on. reason to get whether out. Whether it's valid or not, whether it's a good out or not, he's probably had many instances in his life where he had the opportunity to finish something and he had a good out, a valid out, and he chose it. You know, He chose not to finish something. Yeah. And there's probably other instances where he just made shit up out of thin air you know, like I gotta wash my hair. I can't. Uh, I can't go. You know, <laughs> so. or I'm gonna sleep with the homely girl because you know I could have banged you the first night when we came home from the bar yeah. and you brought your friend, but instead uh, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't finish with you. Mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't finish that, so I decided to sleep with your homely friend, <laughs> and then blame it on uh, being too drunk to remember. Yeah. 
All right. So in in that situation, uh, the the whole sleeping with a best friend thing. So this is somebody that you've pined over for a long time, and I'm getting the impression that uh, she was aware that he wanted her uh, to the point where she promised him, I will not sleep with your best friend, because you asked me to, fine. Out of all the guys I'm sleeping with in high school, I will not sleep with your best friend. Out of respect or whatever. And then finds out, oh, no, I didn't come through on that promise. At that moment, you wouldn't storm out of the room? What do you mean? (laughs) Once you find out the one thing you asked of her back in the day to do, she did not do. That's not a a, a something that's going to get you all riled up and like end the sex that's about to happen with a girl that you want. Oh, I see what you mean. That would depend on uh, the person's self-confidence. You know, maybe he's not self-confident enough to find somebody else. And so then a person probably would just say, oh, fuck it. See, that to me, would it's, it's just, it's a kick in the, in the heart. Not, 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 not in the heart? balls. That's a kick in the heart where just this, this magical creature that I've made into this awesome person for so long, uh, and it's now revealed that, oh, the, your sluttiness knows no bounds. Uh, so do I mean nothing would, to you? Why wouldn't you tell your best friend, please, I, you know, don't, don't sleep with her. I, I really like her and, you know. If I can trust anybody, I should be able to trust my best friend not to sleep with her. Yeah, but then also in high school, uh, <laughs> hormones are going crazy. I, I, I can see that being a harder thing to pass up on. Uh, That's not, what she said. Not that, <laughs> not that it's okay, oh, 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 but oh. I, I see that being a struggle for a child uh, back in those time periods. I struggled with it a lot as a child, yep. especially in the shower. <laughs> Blyst. <laughs> Sometimes three times. Mm. And that was just this week. Uh, <laughs> this week? <laughs> oh, that was this day. Today. This day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, so he basically passes up on the sex uh, because he's pissed. Uh, but that also somehow sparks a clue. Uh, so now she starts investigating and now she's in danger and they have to go chase her down. And... Uh, this whole thing about the the underwear on the on the dead chick that's that's not a connection I would have ever made in my wildest dreams. Remembering the girl had no underwear on, who else doesn't wear underwear? People in the insane asylum. Let's go check it out. That, that's a huge dot to connect. <laughs> it was people in a hospital. Yeah, and um, I loved the scene. I thought it was so funny where they go up to the girl. And she's like. <laughs> <laughs> It was great because she's like talking about somebody stealing her stuff. And yeah. <laughs> and uh, Gay Perry is like, look, do you wear underwear underneath your blue jumpsuit here? Do you have skivvies on underneath? Like, yeah. And instead of answering it, she just drops her drawers. And he's like, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, our, that's our answer. <laughs> you know, and then uh, let's see. The, the other uh, – really funny part to me was once the, uh, the, the gangster guys are coming in, they're like intimidating them and whatnot. Uh, he, and at, at the hospital, as they're leaving, another guy is trying to kill them basically. And, uh, this is a, a good call out on these kind of movies where gay Perry's like, you know, in the movies you see the guy marching behind a guy with a gun. The problem is they always have too big of a gap. So you can steal the gun. <laughs> he turns around, <laughs> steals the gun from the guy 
And then Robert Downey Jr. goes all crazy, a super bad cop, gets his revolver. He does Russian roulette, puts the bullet in, spins it, and in an act of intimidation, fires at the guy's head. Click. But the bullet goes off. Like, oh! <laughs> Everybody's shocked by it. And he, What was the line? What was the line that Gay Perry said? He's like, we're not playing good cop, bad cop. We're playing gay cop. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Like playing gay, <laughs> gay cop New Yorker. That's what it was. Gay, gay, yeah. <laughs> and then, so he that fires the gun, the revolver, which uh, most revolvers are six six shooters, right? That's so eight percent, uh, you know. Yeah, so he's like, that's like an eight percent chance that, that could have fired. <laughs> Who taught you math? <laughs> the entire time Gay Perry is saying, no, stop. <laughs> Who taught you grammar? <laughs> and then now, Who taught you math? You're just correcting them all over the place. That was fantastic. <laughs> he's sitting there I trying to be like... Correcting grammar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bad and badly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> it's an adverb. Yeah. Badly. Sleep badly. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep bad. And he tried to be smart yeah. and correct him nope. from what he learned from Harmony earlier in the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <sighs> yes. Okay. So out of out of this entire movie uh, that I obviously enjoyed quite a bit, there there were two things that kind of stuck out to me as, mm, nope, nope, that shouldn't be that shouldn't be happening. Uh, one of which is once they are confronted by uh, Corbin Burnson, uh, uh, Mister Psych from Psych, whatever his name is, uh, Harry. I think his name was Harry. I don't know. It doesn't matter. He he was the dad in the TV show Psych, which is fantastic, uh, and they're. Like they're at gunpoint, and the phone rings, and he says, "Toss me the phone." He throws the phone over to Corbin Burnson, and Robert Downey catches it and says, "He's got us. Send help or whatever." The other guy grabs the phone and says, "Oh, he just asked for help from the carpet cleaners." And then you see the uh, harmony under the line saying, "And then you get a thirty percent discount on blah 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 blah." There's a shot later on that establishes that the phone has caller ID on it. So it should have said Harmony on there with the phone number and then Carpet Cleaner? Every, we, we, all, we all know who the characters are involved here. The, the bad guy should know who Harmony is. So I see Harmony on the phone. You should be able to say, oh, it is Harmony, not, oh, it's a Carpet Cleaner under the caller ID of Harmony. What, what, what phones were available in 2005? Oh, these were shitty phones. These, these were like the, these were the flip phones. These were real bad. These were the Nokias. Yeah. It was you know, I mean, even when at one point where he's like, "Have you seen this woman?" and he shows a picture on the phone, it's like, "Holy Christ!" The picture is so it's like the size of a stamp. Yeah. <laughs> That's how big the screen was. It's a flip phone. Yeah. It's like, but it still had caller ID because we see that in a later shot when when yeah. Harmony calls, we see the caller ID on there. So the caller ID, the, the guy, the the henchman should have seen. Oh, it says Harmony. It's, not a carpet cleaner. Well, he, he actually didn't look at the phone. He was just like, who's this? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, and you can get a better. He's like, oh, it's a carpet cleaner, blah, blah, blah. He didn't actually look at the phone. Well, then he's an idiot. Because he's a stupid crook. <laughs> he's a stupid dummy. I mean, they were all stupid dummies. Uh, <laughs> and then, okay, the other thing that bothered me was it, it was a very, very cool scene. But it shouldn't have worked out for Robert Downey Jr., uh, when, when he's he jumps off the side of the freeway, he lands on the casket. He slides down, grabs the hand that's coming out of the casket, and he shakes the casket enough so that the gun that's sitting on the casket somehow miraculously on the casket shakes it in a way 
that the gun slides off into his hand just in time for him to shoot Corbin and to shoot uh, other things. That never would happen. It's, it's an impossibility. Right. But it was, it was a callback to the beginning of the movie where he's a magician. Yeah, but, but that, that's assuming he planned this trick out for, for years to be able to pull that off. No, it's just quick hands. I mean, he said he the, the, okay. He, when when he grabbed the phone while it was being tossed and told Harmony, "That's just got us for trouble," you know, mm-hmm. he said something right there. Oh, you got quick hands, or blah blah blah. Or yep. he's like, you know, when that gun scene happened where he got the gun off the the casket and he shot Dexter Corbin <laughs> Burson. Yeah, Corbin Burson says. Those damn quick hands. Yeah, something fucking magician or something. something. Yeah, something like that, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, but he basically said the same line that, that yeah. Harry said when he caught the phone. Right. But also, we've already established in the movie that this guy is not a fighter. Uh, he goes, he picks a no. fight with somebody and he gets his ass beat promptly. So somebody that has no fighting skills, we're going to then assume that he's a... Deadshot with with a gun, fight or flight. I guess I don't know. Maybe maybe he does have good aim, but he never finished anything. <laughs> I mean, Funny. the same the same thing is even with fights. You know, he'd pick a fight, but he wouldn't fight. Yeah. He wouldn't finish a fight. <laughs> he would pick it. He would talk big and tough and everything, but then he'd basically curl up in a ball and be like, "No," yeah. you know. And I think this was where he uh, started to. Uh, Realize, realize that he needs to finish something. Yeah. So that's, that's basically the end of the movie. There, the the only other scene that's uh, I think worth mentioning is the, the the as they're wrapping things up. Oh, there's there's two things. One, he he calls out <laughs> Lord of the Rings uh, <laughs> for ending a movie seventeen times, and he even he acknowledges that to the camera as we're like, all right, I, I saw the last Lord of the Rings. I'm not going to make seventeen endings for this movie because the, the the movie basically ended, and then he's like, and here's some more story, and then it. Another possible ending, and he, he called out Lord of the Rings for doing that. Multiple endings. But then we find out that he survived after getting shot. Gay Perry survived after being shot. And then he, he says, I know, blah, blah. This is a horrible thing that at the end of the movie, everybody lives. Why, why don't we bring everybody back? And then everybody that died in the movie walks into the, the hospital room as well. And then Abraham Lincoln walks in even. Uh, at one point, Elvis is trying to get in the room. <laughs> it's like, everybody lives. <laughs> It was just the nice. Like, okay, no, no, I'm just making this point, but uh, Gay Perry actually did live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was, a, it was a fun way to end it uh, while also taking uh, shots at movies. I didn't. Uh, I mean, it was funny. Well, I, not funny, but it was. There was a scene where Gay Perry goes up to Harmony's dad and starts like beating oh, yes. the shit out of this old guy that's you know laying in bed on oxygen and stuff like that. <laughs> And the old guy's calling, oh, big man picking on somebody who's stuck in bed and can't defend themselves. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, big man. Yeah. It, 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 and the message there, I think, was that he was doing that to his daughter who couldn't defend herself. That's that's the whole yeah. thing. But yeah. I, I, it would have been nice with a little line like that to just let him know, I know the, what kind of monster you are. Yeah. Without – that that would have been good. Yeah. But there's a lot of things in this movie that would have been good, but 
still, this movie was good. Good? <laughs> good. Good. It was goodly. It was a goodly movie. It, it did not end bad or badly. All right. Anything else about the movie? Well, you guys I, what about? I don't know, what, what oh. I would have liked to have seen is, um, and I don't know if this actually happens, does, does Harry actually get Harmony? I think so. You don't see that, though. No, I think it's it's assumed because she's at his bedside, and it, it was kind of a romanticy kind of uh, "I'm here for you, babe" type. Maybe that's she, reading into she, it. After after the funny thing is the the scene where he was getting shocked on the penis. Um, they hooked the uh, electricity up to his penis, you yeah. know, and and then after she she or he saves Harmony and stuff. And they're in the the they're in the hospital and stuff. Harmony goes, "How's uh, yeah, this to work? How, how is it?" I I, <laughs> I I think a scene when they're back home and like in bed, and she goes, "Thank God it still works" or something. Yeah, you know? like, that would have been yeah. That would have been that would have been funny. And he, been he looks at the camera. <laughs> it sure does. One of the <laughs> something <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Fully charged. Yeah. <laughs> That, that was another good scene about that whole ball shocking thing. The way they get out of that is Gay Perry's antagonizing the guy like, oh, yeah, you put on his balls because you want to look at it, right? Yeah, because you're gay, right? You're gay? And he's like, nah. And he's getting pissed and he keeps shocking him. And he, he's it's like, a mighty God. Yeah. Stop helping. Mighty God. Stop helping. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting shocked. And then he's able to pull the gun out of his, out of his underwear because uh, homophobes are always scared to pat you down there. <laughs> Which is another good line at the homophobes, I thought. All right. <laughs> Anything else about the movie you guys want to talk about before we uh, get to the rest of the show? The rest of the show. What movie were we watching? Uh, I don't remember. All right. So that was our opinion of the movies. But like I said, at the top of the show, we have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Now we're going to hear, now we're going to hear from people who actually have credentials, the critics and the audience. So I'm going to give you the good reviews – and the bad reviews from the top critics first. And I'm going to have you guess the score for the top critics. This is based on the Rotten Tomatoes score. So if you're not familiar with the scoring system for Rotten Tomatoes, it's an average score from 0 to 100 amongst the critics and the audience. 0 to 59 is rotten. 60 to 84 is fresh. 85 and up is certified fresh. All right, so here we go. Good reviews and bad reviews from the top critics. So start with the bad reviews. This is from Stephen Ray from the Philadelphia Inquirer. While Downey's rumpled... Oh, in... Rumpled? Insouciant? What's that, theory? Insouciant vibes? Oh, my God. Uh, well, Robert Downey's rumpled and jibes with the movie's jaded, narcissistic tone. It's a hard tone to take for 100 minutes or so. So he didn't like, not like the tone of the movie. That's, I got to look up that word. I should have looked it up before the show. I'm professional. Uh, here we go. Jack Matthews from New York Daily. Kiss Kiss is so inside Hollywood. So anxious to bite the hand that fed Black, Black is a director, that it plays like an elaborate prank. All right, good reviews from the top critics. This is from Christopher Orr from The Atlantic. The plot of the film is almost willfully convoluted, but it's also largely besides the point. An excuse for quite a few good scenes, most of them equal parts homage and subversion. I think that's pretty accurate there. 
It did, okay. it did play. It did kind of give a lot of nods to old film styles while also making fun of it. Uh, yeah, which yeah, pretty good. All right, Craig Othier, Othier from the Orange County Register. Uh, Kiss Kiss is such a delightful bombardment. We barely noticed that Black's convoluted serpentine plot doesn't make a lick of sense. <laughs> oh, for a second there, I thought I was going to use a bunch of bees. Yeah. Oh. You know that? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Delightful bombardment. Barely noticed Black's. Yeah. Okay. So those are uh, good reviews. That one, the last one was kind of a good one, but couldn't finish. Still good. So, I like the end of the movie where uh, Gay Perry is like, "How many times can? We, how many more times can we say fuck?" Right. <laughs> That's right. For those of you in the Midwest states, sorry for saying fuck so much. <laughs> <laughs> even at the good. beginning, Robert Downey even says, "Can I say fuck anymore?" <laughs> he, 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 he says a lot. That's funny. All right. So the tomato meter. The critics, you heard good and bad reviews from the critics. What do you think the score is on the tomato meter? Ooh. Mm. You know what's weird is I, we've done this so many times, and I don't know why I feel like I keep saying the same numbers every, oh, every right? time we do this. <laughs> okay. It's like usually I just say the first number that pops into my head. Which sometimes is really close, sometimes is fucking way off. Sorry for you in the Midwest. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know why 68 popping in my head, but I'm pretty sure I say 68 every week. I don't know why. All right. Okay. So why not? 68. What about you, Maestro, for the top critics? Ooh. Um, let's go with. Even 50. Oh. All right. I think you do that a lot, too. I don't know. It's just me. Maybe I'm just used to hearing the same numbers all the time. All right. <laughs> On the tomato meter, Cowboy was actually very close. The tomometer. If only he switched around his numbers. Oh. It, it was 86% certified fresh. But I'm still closer than he is. You are closer. Yes, you are closer. You would have got it perfect if you just would have been dyslexic. All right. So... Now let's do the audience. Here's some good reviews from the audience. This is from Marriage J. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a really, really good mystery and comedy. It manages to balance these two genres in a very good and solid way. It doesn't feel too much of anything. The comedy was, of course, great, since it's written by Shane Black. The action is also very entertaining to watch, and that combined with the quippy dialogue is just great to watch. Oh, I was surprised about how complex the, det- the detective aspect actually was. It was just written very well. All right. Okay. Good review. That's a good review. See, <laughs> the other ones were kind of like, yeah, we liked it. It's weird, but we liked it. All right, here's Jake B. When it comes to comedy, Shane Black to me is the American Edgar Wright. The jokes are so carefully thought out, and they come out of the story. The story doesn't come out of them. Something most comedies need to do. All right, bad reviews from the critics. Oh, this is, this guy is a super reviewer, John B. A horrible mess. I'm not sure what positive the other reviewers got out of this film. The usually charming Downey is horribly annoying in leading the charge through a bad version of Get Shorty. Yowza. All right, Daniel S. Which came first, Get Shorty or Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Uh, I'm sure, Get Shorty for sure. Get, get shorty, sure? yeah. Because oh, hold on. Get sh- well. Get shorty was a 
sequel to hold on no no get shorty was the first be cool is the second be cool that's what i was thinking about okay i'm sure get shorty came out first it had, it had to have i feel like that was an older movie i'm checking all right here's another bad review from daniel s nothing in this but crude jokes and a weak plot short review and biting all right so those are the good and bad reviews from the audience what do you think the audience rated this movie I have no number popping into my head right now, so I'm going to defer to Maestro. Oh, oh crap. <laughs> oh. Uh, mm-hmm. 87 was the top for the critics. 86. Uh, 86 was top for the critics. I'm going to go with 68. Get Shorty came out in 1995, by the way. Yeah. And Be Cool came I'm... out in 2005, the same year as this movie. Mm-hmm. He said 68? Yes. You took my first number. Yeah. But I'm going to flip the numbers and go 86. Ooh, 86. <laughs> wow, what a strategy. The audience score for this movie is 87. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping he was going to say 78, honestly. I was hoping he was going to say 78 because then I was going to say, I'm going to flip the numbers yeah. and go 87. Yeah, certified fresh by the audience as well. So this was a very well-liked movie all around. Certified fresh on both fronts within 1% of each other. That's rare for the tomato meters, for, for, for Rotten Tomatoes' scoring system. All right. Gary Oldman and Paul Giamatti were not in this movie. We like these guys quite a bit. They make movies better. If they were in this movie, to make it any better, which characters would they replace, if any? Mm. Remember, the rule is you got to take somebody out to bring them in. I think that Gary Oldman and Paul Giamatti oh. should, re- should both replace the white and the black guy that were going around looking for them. <laughs> the thugs? I think, yeah, the thugs. I think they would make a good combination of thugs. Okay. Hmm. I would like to see them banter against each other, actually. That sounds like a good idea, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that would be interesting. Holy Christ. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the winner. Because I don't want to take Larry Miller out of there. Larry Miller was fantastic as the. Yeah, as you the can't agent. take you can't take Val Kilmer out. You can't take Robert Downey Jr. out. You can't take Corbin. I don't know. Corbin I think Burton. Cor- maybe Corbin for Gary Oldman. Maybe Gary Oldman or Paul Giamatti. Gary Oldman a more serious. Uh, I think he he would look more like the 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 detective that they were trying to. You'd act more as a detective. Well, he's a fuck, he's he is the detective in Batman. He's Commissioner Gordon. Well, no, I, I get that, but I don't. I don't think that would make it better. Uh, I think. I think replacing the two other guys with those two, yeah, it's, it's, would make those scenes better. Yeah, I, I think that's the only way. I to mean, do it. I mean, but Gary Oldman would have to be the black guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay, because Gary Oldman coming in. After he killed the the girl with the pink yep. uh, wig, and and Harry being there, oh, you yeah. got a gun, yeah, yeah. Bah, 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 yeah, you know, you are a tough guy. Bang bang, ow, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't say ow, but you know what I mean. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but the funny thing is, like, boom, he gets shot, and he's standing there looking at him, like, like you shot me. And he goes, boom, he gets shot again. He's like, Wait, you shot me again. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh no. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think it's one of those uh, adrenaline, like, it's this belief, like, I, I can't believe this happened. What I know of you, douchebag, you would not shoot anybody. That's why he's even, like, talking to him, like, oh, so you are tough after all. Just kind of, like, getting in his head and trying to mess with him. And then, oh, oh, that didn't work. Oh, dear God. <laughs> and now I'm dead. All right. Let's do trivia. This is part of the show where I give you guys little bits or facts or information you may not know about the movie. As a show of support for Robert Downey Jr.'s recovery from alcohol and drugs, Val Kilmer refused to drink during the entire production. That's nice. Yeah, this is this is around the time I think where Robert Downey ended up waking up in somebody's house randomly, which I thought was going to was kind of like uh, when the robot <laughs> was walking into the house drinking. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a little nudge to Robert Downey doing that same kind of thing in real life. Uh, but uh-huh. I did not find that in trivia, and I'm not sure if that would have been a good taste. Let's see. Uh, next one. Val Kilmer met Robert Downey Jr. for the first time at a Hollywood party. A week later, he received a screenplay for this film and agreed to do it before he even finished reading it. Upon agreeing, and much to his delight, he was informed that Downey had already been cast. Oh. Nice. Kismet. This film was originally titled L.A.P.I. Then, Bang. But Val Kilmer suggested to the director, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang would have more appeal. So thanks to Val Kilmer for the title. Speaking of Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer's depiction of of Gay Perry is generally considered to be the first openly gay character to front a Hollywood action movie. And this goes back to something the Cowboy mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Robert Downey Jr. considered his role as Harry Lockhart, his calling card to play Tony Stark in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Really? While preparing to make Iron Man in 2008, Downey Jr.'s performance inspired director Jon Favreau to cast him as the title role. So this was the genesis of Iron Man on the big screen that we know. (laughs) Told you I saw Iron Man in that character. That's right. Well done, sir. Another piece of trivia that I didn't put on here, uh, but I remember reading it. This is Robert Downey's favorite movie he's ever made. Huh. All right. It was not the uh, was it the, the the mass singer, the dead singer, the singing detective. <laughs> oh, the singing uh. detective. That one. That's in the podcast archives, and it's a very weird movie with Robert Downey Jr. All right. Money makes the world go round. We want to put this film into perspective with other films that were released this year, so we get a feel financially how it held up to its peers. The budget for this film, $15 million. What do you think this gross, the U.S. and foreign box office combined for a total worldwide gross? Mm. Now, I don't know if you uh, remember, this, this movie did not make a big splash. This is something that kind of slipped under the radar, which is the reason why I wanted to choose this movie for this podcast, to get the word out on it. <coughs> Not sure why I'm giving you that clue, but... How late, though? (laughs) They're not going to make money off this movie anymore, but I still think people should watch it because it's a great movie. So, with that being said, what do you think the total worldwide gross is of this movie? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, 35. Uh, I'm going to flip the numbers and go 53. Uh, Ooh. Ballsy. In the U.S., this grossed $4.2 million in the U.S. In the foreign box office, it grossed $11.6 million. 
bringing the total worldwide gross to $15.8 million. It did not do well in theaters. Uh, this film debuted on October 21st, 2005, with $180,000. Wow. Uh, now, in uh, as... Uh, what do you call it? In contrast to that, this film was uh, shown at Cannes, I believe, or uh, one of the film festivals, and it got a standing ovation. So people like the movie somewhere, but just not in the theaters, it turns out. <laughs> not, not this, the way it first came out. Was this one of the movies that he that Robert Downey Jr. first did after he had his issues? Uh, I would assume so, based on Val Kilmer not wanting to drink for the recovery. That's that sounds about right. Maybe that's what it was. I think maybe there's a lot of people protesting going out to watch the movie because they were protesting Robert Downey Jr. Mm. Yeah, where are those people now flocking to the Avengers? <laughs> well, I mean, but, but, right? But I mean, you think about it. Mel Gibson, when he had his issues, he was blacklisted. Nobody would want to go see a movie. True. But then he did The Beaver, which I thought was a great movie. That was one of the first ones but he did afterwards. How, but how did that do in the movie theaters? Probably very shittily. I, yeah. Because it's one of those that I think I had never heard of. I found it on Netflix one day, and I was like, holy Christ, this is great. It probably didn't get as many acclaims or, or anything because it starred Mel Gibson. Yeah, very true. Who, no matter what he's done in his life, he's a great actor. Absolutely, uh-huh. he is. Yeah, you know, I think we had this conversation before about celebrities like this. I mean, whether you believe or disbelieve or whatever, Michael Jackson, great artist. Yep, also plays music. I, I still think uh, Bill Cosby is hilarious. Uh, they did horrible, <laughs> horrible things, uh, but that doesn't take away from the genius that they were at the time that they were yeah. doing that stuff. Absolutely. All right. So this movie uh, did really bad. It was the 186th highest grossing film of 2005. 2005. You want to take a guess at what number one was in 2005? Do you remember that far I'm, back? I'm guessing it's just like a Spider-Man movie, I'm guessing. Uh, Spider-Man was uh, 2003 from the last movie we did, Cam and Cristo. Spider-Man was at mm-hmm. number one. So in 2005. Oh, 2005. Batman. Uh, um, I'm going to say one of the Pirates of the Caribbeans. Uh, it is part of a sequel, or a, a, not a sequel. It's part of a franchise. This is Shrek, Star Wars, oh. uh, Revenge of the Sith. Was that the last one? No, that was Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it was Phantom Menace. Uh, then it was uh, Acting School. Revenge Anakin. of the Sith. I think that was the third one. <laughs> okay. All right. So that was 2005's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, directed by Shane Black. Check out our website, ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoilers Show. Check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions, which I've been doing testing lately for doing some streaming. And I think maybe one of the next shows that we do will be streamed oh? all Uh-oh. over the place on YouTube, uh, Twitch, and Facebook as well. Don't do this to me. Uh, yes. Adam, don't do this to me. No, you guys have to start upping your game and uh, stop waving your sword around. <laughs> or lightsaber, whatever. <laughs> uh, okay, so can I can I wave my Schwartz around? Yes. Oh, may the Schwartz be with you, uh, and also with, and you, also with <laughs> you. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so it can help us in the rankings. If you leave us a review and a recommendation, that movie goes to the top of our list, and we'll watch it before any other movie. 
Except right now, because if we do not agree that it's a good movie, we are not going to watch it because this is quarantine good movies. No, no, no. Uh, if the fans have a voice and they want to hear a movie or hear, oh, we got fans. Movie. Yeah, we got fans, man. We got fans from all over. I the got place. a fan on right now. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I'm my own biggest fan. All right, that's it. That's a helicopter, dude. Yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> 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 all right. Uh, next movie we have not chosen yet. I, I have heard from Hollywood that he wants to get in on this good movie action. So I'm going to look for him. He he also gave me his birthday pick, which is coming up in a couple weeks, which should be a fun one, which is I think is an also a great movie that we'll all enjoy. But until then, thanks for hanging out. Until next time, I am Adam. I'm... Oh, my God, you guys. Uh...